Hello, we are back with another episode of uh, BioNexus Health podcast series. Today, we will be highlighting Lyme disease and mold biotoxin illness. Uh, and today we have Linda from right here in New Jersey. Linda will be uh, joining us and highlighting the uh, benefits of a completely herbal approach to tick-borne infections and mold biotoxin illness, which means, uh, which also includes chronic inflammatory response syndrome. So um, let's proceed and welcome Linda to today's podcast. Welcome to the BioNexus Health Podcast with Dr. Jodi A. Dashaw, who holds a PhD in integrative medicine, is board certified in integrative pediatrics, an internationally recognized pioneering clinician, and author. And now here's your host of BioNexus Health Podcast, Dr. Jodi A. Dashaw. What brought you to BioNexus Health? You know, what made you decide that you, you would like to pursue a completely natural, plant-based herbal approach for all of your chronic conditions. And if, if you wouldn't mind telling us, you know, um, what conditions you are dealing with. So um, initially, I think I'm, I'm looking back probably five or six years right now. And I was um, sought out, I was given a, um, uh, a Lyme test by my uh, doctor. Um, I had, significant joint pain and um, went to the doctor and was explaining this. And um, I was told that the possibility was Lyme and I, uh, they took some, they sent me for x-rays. I had pain in the knees and so forth. And uh, what was really interesting is I have a little bit of a background in medicine, but I never really truly pursued it. I went through nursing school and pre-med and I, uh, went back to the doctor after the test was taken. And, you know, according to the test, I was, you know, I didn't have Lyme disease back then, you know, and, but yet I said to the doctor, what was the, you know, how did the x-rays come out? And she said, well, you have water on the knee, which mm -hmm. I thought was strange because there was no injury or anything that took place. And, and then I said, um, and I said, what should I do? And she said, well, let, let's just watch it and make sure it, it goes down. And then I said, well, what about the other x-ray? And she said, well, I forgot there were two x-rays. They went and got the second x-ray and reported back to me that I had water on the other knee. And I kind of right then and there said, something's wrong here. You know, it's one thing to have it on one knee, but you have water on both knees. And, and uh, sorry, and you mentioned there was no, no injury that caused this. No. Right. No. Right. And, and the other thing now looking back, I grew up in Connecticut, like 20 miles away from Lyme, Connecticut. Oh, there you go. Right. Mm. And um, I, this is an interesting story, especially about the knee. When I was a child, I, they periodically, my knees would swell up and, and become inflamed and hot. And I mean, I'm talking seven or eight, nine years old. Mm. And back then we'd go to the doctor and the term they used to diagnose me was housemaid's knee. That's what they used to call it back then. And so I would ice it and do whatever it was that they told me to do. And so I guess in, in retrospect, there's this information finding journey that you go on. And all along the way, you know, hopefully the right people are put in your path. And it yes. take, might take years, it might take decades to integrate all this information. But if we're paying attention, you know, eventually for me, when I stood in front of that doctor, I said, my conclusion is there's something wrong here. Like the information I'm being given isn't necessarily matching what my experience is. And after that time, um, I had, uh, you know, experienced some traumatic events. I, I was, I lost my business in a hurricane. And, um, and as time went on, what had happened to me was that my symptoms started to um, become a lot worse. So wait, wait, so uh, this doctor did not really treat you for Lyme disease at that time? No. Okay. No, okay. no. Um, it was just the path for me to come to the awareness that it was, that's where it started. Like right. actually said, this could be Lyme disease, you know? And then when the, when the test, no matter what was, what I was presenting with, when the test came back, they were kind of like, well, the test says it's not Lyme disease, it's not Lyme disease. 
But at that point with me, it planted the seed where I said, something is definitely wrong here. And, and just the introdu introduction to the concept of Lyme disease for me was made more sense than anything. Right. In regard to the symptoms that I was presenting. And so um, after this traumatic event, I was able to piece together that my immune system had taken a significant hit because of the nature. Uh, I had a restaurant, it was on the coast and we were involved in a hurricane mm. that had completely, like there were 11 feet of water in the building. And 11 I, feet? Yes. Is, uh, was the Sandy? Yes. Ah, oh, right, right, okay. And my business partner had some pretty, was had a pretty compromised, uh, she had asthma and some lung complications. So I kind of decided that I would be the one to uh, supervise and take part in the cleanup. And, you know, even subsequently understood that my exposure to the bacteria, germs, everything that had been like, you know, swept up in that storm and left in that building that I was working in, I had such a huge hit and exposure to mold and all types of bacteria that that was to, you know, proceed the next event. Um, my immune system at that point was severely compromised. And I, in my mind, it gave, there was probably, I already probably already had Lyme disease and it gave Lyme the opportunity to just proliferate, you know, in, in my compromised immune system. Um, and the thing that I then did, because I started having much more severe symptoms. Um, I think for me, the, um, you know, I went to a, a, another doctor that was, you know, termed quote unquote Lyme literate. And um, there was some testing done, probably some more sophisticated testing. Um, and again, it was, you know, you may have Lyme, but, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna treat you for it anyway. Uh, we're not 100% sure. It was still really at a time when the testing was just very nonspecific. I mean, there was, it was, it just seemed like there wasn't any, anything conclusive that came from testing in my mind. It still is, Linda. It still is very uh, out there, inconclusive, you know, no matter how expensive the tests, it's just, they say, you know, sometimes it's just the luck of the draw. So. Right. You, you know, and I, um, again, I'm, I felt comfortable saying, obviously I have all these symptoms. I had, uh, my brain involvement was so severe at that point that, um, my brain couldn't even read sync signals properly. If I pulled, I, if I was driving down the road and came up to a stoplight and it was green, I could sometimes stop at a green light and I'd find myself sitting at a green light and wondering mm -hmm. why didn't my brain tell me to do what I was supposed to do? There were times when I would tell my brain to make a right-hand turn in the car and the, and, and the car would turn left, yeah. meaning my brain was misinterpreting signals. Uh, one of the things that I did consistently when, when my symptoms got much, much worse is I'd come in the house at night and leave the car door open. Oh. I'd have a neighbor call and say, you know, Linda, your, tr your trunk's open on your car, your car door's open or whatever. Um, my short-term memory was obliterated. It just, you know, I owned and operated two businesses, one, you know, two of them simultaneously for 22 years and, you know, food business. And I obviously was a very, you know, adept at-, at uh, Multitasking. You know, multitasking. Mm -hmm. And I could not complete one task, no matter how hard I focused or concentrated on it. And I, um, at that point, out sought out, again, sought out medical care. Um, and, and the gist of what that entailed was to, to, uh, to do what at that point was considered or known to be um, successful. And there just seemed to me to be this, I don't know, um, almost like a, uh, a group if you will, of physicians or people in the area that had adopted, you know, the, the traditional 
technique for treating Lyme, which was antibiotics. Antibiotics, yeah. They had maybe bought into some other protocols, maybe parasites were certainly focused upon at that time. Mm -hmm. And they were doing very, very minimal work with uh, herbal products, maybe like a couple of things that were known to be helpful, but there wasn't any real conviction at that point. It was almost as if they were kind of finding things that, you know, they may have heard were helpful, you know, and then you also had these supplements that were recommended at that time. Mm -hmm. Total, I was on antibiotics for, I believe it was, I think Dr. Deshore, I looked before I, I um, you know, um, began the podcast. My first appointment with you was in January of 2017. So I, I'm fairly certain that I was on treatment, antibiotic doxycycline for, for several years, at least two years. Two years. Okay. Yes. And, um, and I was, you know, doing, uh, I think it was Tindamax. I was pulsing Tindamax and a few other things. And, um, and I had not really achieved um, what I considered to be, you know, recovery. Um, I was still having all the same problems that I had when I came in. They were muted to some extent, but I also know now that the, just the exposure that I had to the use of antibiotics was certainly compromising my gut. My gut is compromised to this day. And, you know, there were so many other areas of my, you know, me physically that were, meaning there were so many more things that were added on by the use of antibiotics and that my overall recovery for the purpose that I went initially wasn't significant. And basically the way I was led to you is we attended a, um, I think it was a conference locally where there were a number of different uh, practitioners that spoke at the conference. And, <laughs> and I'll be honest, when you got up, I didn't understand a word of what you said. I felt like you were speaking a foreign language and most of the people in the room, honestly, you lost their attention because they didn't have the slightest clue what it is that you were doing. And actually what you were proposing at the time, from what I recall, was a total and complete uh, life change, a change in absolutely your, your perspective on just about anything that you were doing in your life at that time and how that was really necessary in order to achieve you know, recovery, or even just to gain traction against what it was that we were dealing with. Oh, okay. So yes, yes. I, I remember that conference, you know, I spoke, my son spoke as well. And I was speaking about how it is essential, you know, for diet, lifestyle changes, you know, calming down your stress, being kind to yourself, right, right. You know, people, um, I, I understand what you're saying because, because, you know, people think it's an infection and you take medication and voila, you're done or, or you should be done. But, you know, uh, back in the day, it was still early days where people were just beginning to understand or did not understand how deep Lyme goes into your system and that there are always co-infections. You know, I've, I've had many people uh, patients come to me that have been on uh, antibiotics for a couple of years, just like you were. However, only for Lyme disease. Co-infections were not looked at, you know, and any other biotoxin exposure, just like you so obviously had biotoxin exposure, that wasn't looked at. Yes. So I remember speaking about all of that because we had to go through um, an, an extremely traumatic journey ourselves, you know, recovering my son and myself, you know, from fibromyalgia, borderline MS, chronic fatigue, all of these diagnoses, which are just uh, thrown at you, you know, anxiety, depression, like really, like, you know, my whole life, this has never been an issue. And now all of these come all together. It's just, uh, right. So I understand. Okay. And, and what you are like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm never, I, I don't understand this lady and, you know. <laughs> and, you know, I think, I, I, I believe, and I'm, I'm fairly certain that the only other co-infection that was detected, which was significant, was Babesia. And I was treated pharmaceutically for Babesia, and we were tested and we did um, detect Babesia. And, and I was also given the clean bill of health for Babesia. 
okay. being treated by an MD. So um, again, I have layer upon layer upon layer of things that were going to take years for me to detect and understand. And, and, and my recovery process was, was very, very complex and convoluted just because of that. Because as soon as we found one thing, there was something else. And, and I'm getting ahead of myself right now because that wasn't with the MD that I went to. So what ended up happening to me again, it was like the, it, the situation with the knee. Um, I was being given tests and blood tests and they were, now I know why they're being given. One of them was, I remember was the VEGF just off the top of my head, or the, I think it's VEGF, but I was given these tests and I remember that I was trying to make an appointment to go back to the doctor to, um, to uh, get the results. And one of the things that I, I grew to understand at that point, and the doctor readily admitted it, is that she didn't know how to interpret the tests. Mm -hmm. Now here I am, and I'm being given these tests, and I'm, now I'm stopping, scratching my head and saying, what am I doing here? And I knew I had just reached the end of the road. I just knew it. And so we attended this conference, and I, I think the other thing that happens, and, and you know, I allude to the fact that there is brain fog involved. When I was at this conference and listening to people, I could understand some of the um, medical aspects of what people were talking about and treatment and so forth. But again, your brain and your concentration and all of those, you know, uh, you know, parts of our brain are compromised in a way that even if I understood what you were saying, I did not retain it. And, you know, I could take notes and I could do all these things, but there's so many things that happen to your ability to, you know, restore, retain, you know, even process information that made it so hard. Even if you have somebody that's competent in front of you, you just wouldn't even know it because, you right. know, that part of it, there's so much information that you need to learn and understand and grasp, but yet you process, yeah, compromised ability to do so. Right. And that part for me was daunting. You couldn't read. You couldn't read and, and understand what you were reading. So the, the thing that happened, it wasn't really my choice. It was the person that I attended the conference with said to me, if I was going to have somebody treat me, it would be that person. And that person was you. And I'm thinking, that's the last person I would go to. I didn't understand. <laughs> but yet I did, you know, again, I was open to... Uh, understanding that um, maybe on some level, what you were saying, you know, to me, it wasn't necessarily easy. I was looking for something. I was looking for a cure. You know, I wasn't looking for a change in lifestyle on top of all of that, which I had already endured, you know? And so I think for me that deterred me, but ultimately when I was given that, you know, kind of push, that's exactly what I sought out. You know, and I do remember coming to you and walking into your office and ironically, the same person that pushed me to go see you, when we walked into your office, you looked at her and you said, you know, you have Lyme disease, you know, and I think for me, sometimes we're put in the right place at the right time, but you were able to see that she had you know, the signs of Bell's palsy, which is a, you know, a, a pretty prominent um, sign with Lyme disease. And she just stood there flabbergasted. Like, what are you talking about? And frankly, I go for my appointment and half of it's about the person that <laughs> brought me in there. But I, I really believe to this day that sometimes that's how we get to the place where we receive what we need with regard to especially Lyme disease, because there's no traditional route or method for treatment or finding a practitioner or doing any of the things that you really need to do to achieve wellness. And that being said, I do remember that when I did have that appointment, you said to me, I think I can help you achieve, I think you said something like 90 something percent recovery. And I sat in my chair and I said, that, I thought in my head, that's just ridiculous, you know, because maybe I had achieved 50% with having worked at this. And I even started doing my own research while I was seeing the MD. I didn't tell the MD, but I had already started 
uh, using cat's claw. I already started using herbs in conjunction with the treatment she was doing, okay. out of frustration. And um, and when you said that to me, I thought that's ridiculous because even anything that I had already tried in my mind was not taking me to a place that was that was helping me to at least experience that I even felt like I was I was getting to a place of recovering. I felt like I was fighting a losing battle. I remember, I remember your first appointment. I also remember, um, you know, energetically sensing as well as uh, symptomatically sensing in, in your friend um, that she had Lyme disease as well. So that, that was, yes. Um, and like you said, you know, the, the universe brought the two of you to me together for a reason and Yes, you know, so that your journey to health and wellness and the absolute privilege of helping you on that journey would be mine. So uh, we, we did extensive additional testing and then we started on a uh, very comprehensive uh, structured step-by-step -step herbal protocol and you started feeling better, you know, can, can, you, can you walk us through that? I mean, I can honestly say that when I was in the real throes of, of being really ill with Lyme disease, I would wake up every single day and I would say, what is the point? Because I had gone from this very, very active, vibrant, um, successful, um, accomplished you know, person to someone that could just barely get out of bed and function. And, and I thought to myself, what is the point? And, and if I'm going to live the rest of my life this way, you know, and I've already spent years and, you know, with the help of so, you know, supposedly the best person in the area to, of treatment. And I was just beyond frustrated and felt like, um, I really felt discouraged, but, you know, when I started treatment and I think for me, anything that I do, um, the explanation or the understanding or, or the reasons, they do need to resonate with me. And, um, and I think, you know, we did testing um, and we found that I had a number of different things happening. And that's just on, you know, bacterial or viral or, um, I mean, we were talking Epstein-Barr, we were talking mycoplasma pneumonia, we were talking um, two different strains of Lyme, you know, uh, the, the typical strain, and I think the other one was um, recurrentus. And I was told, well, you probably picked up one strain of Lyme, you know, here on the East Coast, and you probably picked another one up while you were traveling. And, and now I'm thinking, oh, great, I'm a Lyme overachiever now. This is really wonderful. And then we went from there to really establish the complexities of the bacterial and viral load um, and I would say the total and complete disruption of my equilibrium. I mean, even when I initially went to the doctor, the first doctor I went to, my white blood cell count had been elevated for every single blood test I had for probably three years, I had an elevated white blood cell count. For three years? Yeah, well, the whole time I was on antibiotics. And, right. and I think, again my blood pressure was lower than normal all that time. And I had never ever seen stabilization in my blood testing or anything. And all these things went from being completely normal my whole life to all of a sudden out of whack. And I think I remember you laughing at me because <laughs> you said to me, well, you have, you know, this, your, 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 my feet, every time I got out of bed, my feet, I, it was never really established whether or not I had Bartonella. Um, but I had all this weird stuff that happened. I mean, I had plantar fasciitis and I had all these things happening simultaneously. Mm -hmm. You kind of laughed at me because you said, well, what did you think was causing this? And I said, I just thought it was old age. And you said, well, old age comes on in several months kind of thing. And you laughed. And it's true because we in our minds try to rationalize what's happening because we have a very, very limited scope and virtually no information as to what is happening with regard to Lyme disease, especially if you're looking in mainstream media or looking to traditional sources for an understanding. 
right? Right, I, yeah, I, I would agree with you there. Yes, I remember, um, I remember you mentioning old age and you weren't even that old, you know, like, what? no. No, so, right. But again, your reference point for life or physical health at this point is so skewed because the, yes. the advance is so rapid that the, the, the level of compromise is so extensive in such a short period of time, your brain scrambles to find a reason, but yet, you know, anything you can come up with is, is, you know, it's foreign to you. This whole thing is very, very foreign to us. And if you haven't experienced it through have someone else having it or a story or whatever, um, and you're starting from scratch, which essentially I was, um, nothing makes sense. You know, even medically, it doesn't make sense. Mm. You know, So I think for me, bit by bit by bit, we kind of started peeling away the layers. And I was to find that um, my recovery wasn't not instantaneous. It was long and it was tedious and it was frustrating. And it was there were times where I was skeptical. There were times where I was just questioning what I was doing. The other thing that happens, I believe, is, um, you know, there's certain places you can go to find information once you're dead, you know, once you start treatment or you gain a better understanding of what's happening. And then you immerse yourself in that. And that's, again, a lot of it is very, very valuable information, but you can very, very quickly overload yourself with all of the things that are out there that, you know, if you do dig deep enough, you can find and I do think for me, I probably would have been semi-successful had I started to do all those things myself. But there was, in, and, and again, I have a medical background. I have an understanding of how these things work. Yes. But it was abundantly clear to me that without having the guidance and the perspective of a practitioner, that I probably would have ended up making myself worse, even with the best intentions. You know, I learned that you treat this in layers. I learned that there are certain treatments you have to do first, because if you don't, then you're really just missing the point, you know. Um, and I learned, you know, we did parasites, we did, um, you know, we did tinctures, we did uh, homeopathic, you know, and I, homeopathic is something I never even believed in. I just, you know, again, it's not something I had fundamental knowledge in, and um, I thought, you know, what is this clear liquid that has this name on the bottle going to do for me? And yet, relatively quickly, I started to understand that the integration of, of support, which is a total foreign concept in medicine, homeopathic support, you know, um, any type of support for the organ systems, the body, any of that, for me was, again, totally foreign. When I had dealt with disease prior to my experience with you, I was given something that made it better or made the symptoms go away. And that was the basis for my knowledge. It really didn't go beyond that. I mean, it did to some extent, but especially in dealing with this disease, I think that was crucial, that understanding. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, you know, sorry, I'm glad you mentioned something about, you know, taking a pill to make the symptoms go away, because uh, when it comes to Lyme disease, co-infections, biotoxin illness, uh, one has to get to the root cause and treat everything in stages. And because of your um, medical background, as well as herbal background, it was, you know, it was uh, an absolute uh, pleasure being able to guide you step by step. And I think this time you actually understood what I was trying to do and, and you know, uh, uh, the approach I had, because not often um, do you find labs always correlate to the kind of symptoms that you're experiencing, like you, you explained uh, to me your leg issues and it, it was uh, very clear to me that that you know it was Bartonella uh, whereas your labs were not picking up and uh, when you have infections that suppress the adaptive immunity not enough antibodies uh, can be produced to be detected in labs you know nowadays that is a little bit better known 
to um, practitioners. And, and I'm not saying just Lyme specialists, you know, overall practitioners are, are getting the, the hang of it a bit more. Uh, now, had you ever uh, considered that hurricane um, or, you know, Superstorm Sandy caused uh, mold biotoxin illness or chronic inflammatory response syndrome for you? I, I don't think you had researched that, right? I, I had to go through that with you. The mark well, marks the mold. Um, I, I've had a couple of very interesting, again, um, if you're going to the right person, very often you'll get the right answer. Mm. Um, and I've had that experience numerous times. I mean, there was a period of time when I was on, I went to a respiratory therapist. I had asthma. I had um, gastric reflux. Uh, I had all these things happening to me. And he was, he was very, very knowledgeable. And he pretty much helped me to understand that if I stopped eating, consuming dairy, he said, these things will go away. And I thought, that's crazy, you know, and I did, and I never had another allergy shot, you know, and so again, this, this is more about the layers and, you know, we may yes. not put all our answers in one place. It's, and, and I think the other thing about Lyme disease is the one thing I grew to understand about it is that it's going to the, to the weakest part of the body. You know, when a, when a bacteria invades the body or any bacteria or you know, uh, microorganism, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go to the weakest place first. And so, you know, I began to understand, you know, developing this knowledge and concepts and understanding that every person is different. You know, and I, I grew in this understanding. And, and from that, I, you know, we started talking about, you know, and I knew that Lyme, uh, you know, has its own, you know, biotoxin contribution and, you know, we oh, talk, yes. you know, uh, how are you, you know, getting rid of these toxins in your system? And I mean, then you open up this whole other can of worms, like, how are you doing this? And then you understand about, you start with Lyme and then you go on to everything else under the sun, as far as what is compromising our body's ability to stay alive. You know, especially if you have this primary infection and then you're then trying to look at the layers on top of it. As far as the mold is concerned, we discussed that I had had throughout my life some pretty significant events that contributed to my overall mold exposure, mm -hmm. even prior to Superstorm Sandy. The, I think that Superstorm Sandy was, the, was just the overall blow that kind of brought everything to a place where I was, uh, my whole entire system was compromised. That was your tipping point right there, right? With, yeah, with, with the uh, tremendous load of exposure with 11 feet of water and, and having to, uh, you know, evacuate and clean up and deal, deal with the whole situation with the- well, I, think for, I think for me, the one thing, and I mean, without to be graphic is it's raw sewage. I mean, the water is mixed with everything when the water disappears, it's depositing anything. So you have sewer lines, you have absolutely everything. Oh, all, all of that blew up for you. All of that blew up that day. Oh my goodness, okay. All of it. I mean, the, the whole entire town, the gas lines, the every single part of the town was compromised. The entire town was underwater, you mm -hmm. know? And, and when you're in the middle of this, you don't think about this. You're, first of all, I was in shock for months after that. I'm not thinking straight. But um, I think for me, with regard to mold, the other thing that factors in, which is extremely helpful, is family history, you know? Yes. Even the, a lot of the asthma I had was triggered, but it was all airborne. Uh, it was, it was pollutants, but it's also, again, it's, it's stuff that we're, we're living in, whether it's mold or dust or, you know, and so I knew from my family history that um, some members of my family had a, a pretty strong uh, allergy to mold. And when, when we started to look at it, we did, um, you know, we did DNA testing, I think, with regard to our uh, detox pathways, which for me, I understand that. I, I, I don't know that the lay person is going to understand it, but I completely understood that my body just simply wasn't doing a very good job on its own to rid myself of these, you know, numerous, 
numerous things that were toxic to the body. You know, and once I gained that understanding, again, it's a whole other layer of uh, a wealth of understanding with regard to binders and all the ways that we treat and remove, um, which you could do binders first, but I don't know if you haven't addressed the initial infection. So again, it, it translates into these layers. When your body's strong enough, then you just go to the next layer. Yes, and what comes first is important, you know, uh, which is where you mentioned practitioner guidance, which is something uh, on my journey was, you know, uh, lots of ups and downs because of that. But in the end, from personal experience, you learn, you know, before you start helping other people, one needs to establish firmly what gets dealt with in what order. Uh, and that can make or break a patient, you know, it, it needs to be done because when you start antimicrobial herbs and the patient, you know, starts experiencing a Herxheimer or a die-off reaction, now that's good news, which means that, that, that you know, uh, your, your uh, trajectory is, is good, it's, it's on the right path, but it's important to do all of the, the groundwork, like you explain, organ support, et cetera, uh, to make sure that the body is able to handle uh, the beginning of antimicrobial treatment and that, you know, you don't have a patient who is completely debilitated with these die-off reactions. So how, um, in what, what was the trajectory of your improvement? Like what improved first? Um, I think that, uh, and, and, and again, what's really interesting is you say improvement and from your perspective, if someone has the Herxheimer reaction, they're improving. But to the patient, when they have a Herxheimer reaction, they're getting worse. That's, that's the only thing that's coming into your brain is this. And, and if you've been treated within the, the, you know, the medical, you know, normalized medical paradigm that we were, that I was raised with, and I'm treated with something that makes me worse, it's, it's not working. So that I had to get used to. I had to get used to understanding that this the treatment was going to make it worse before it made it better. Right. That was, that was, again, it was a, it was a concept in my mind that did not make sense. But as I grew to understand what was happening, it began to make sense for me. I think there were a number of different things that were happening that actually made it appear as though it was getting worse. I think for me, probably one of the most crucial things that was was probably helpful for me in terms of my recovery was when my, I believe I had, I believe I had significant brain swelling. Um, I couldn't even put a hat on anymore without experiencing tremendous discomfort. I couldn't wear a, like a, a shirt that was around my neck. Um, it created a very, I, it, it just was very, very uncomfortable. And, um, and I believe one of the first things that you did was, was try to help me detox my brain. Um, you know, and the other thing that I've grown to understand and attended lectures and everything is that um, there's a significant correlation even between mental illness and the symptoms of mental illness and brain inflammation, as well as all of the other cognitive impairment that takes. Absolutely. Place. Yes. So for me, I was experiencing a lot of that, you know, even in the form of depression that might be associated with the illness could have very easily been attributed to brain inflammation because when Lyme attacks the body, it's not selective. It goes to every organ. Right. You know? And so for me, it was probably a long period of time and I did experience release or relief from some of the physical symptoms I had. Um, I did start to notice improvement in my cognitive ability. I did start to notice that, again, it might just be, you know, we're talking about progress, but I started to notice the correlation between what I ate and how I felt and what my moods were. So again, if you're eating something that's causing inflammation and here you are, you know, frantically trying to reduce inflammation in the body or in the brain and you're eating sugar, well, nothing's going to work, you know? Right. So again, it's, it's tying in these ideas and these lifestyle changes. And in order to recognize recovery, that's where I began to understand the necessity of the lifestyle changes across the board so that you weren't undoing essentially what you were trying to, to do with 
whatever treatment you were applying in each situation. So it's, it was kind of like fits and starts. It wasn't immediate. Um, you know, the Babesia, like I noticed immediate improvement when I, I could breathe again, you know? Right. I noticed that um, with the treatment that I was doing and being introduced to, uh, you know, a consistent detox program, um, brain inflammation, my head literally went down a hat size. I mean, it, it, there were just things that had happened to my body that I didn't understand, probably didn't even recognize until they were treated. I think I had a headache and I was having migraines for years and living with it. Like normal occurrence for me to wake up with, with a headache. And so for the first time in, in a very, very long time, I experienced life without headaches, you know? And, and again, you know, the, our, our bodies are capable of withstanding a tremendous amount of discomfort and, you know, also pain that we live with, you know, and we might, you know, take Advil or aspirin or Tylenol. I mean, that was a normal thing for me to be taking Tylenol every single day, you know, and, and that was part of my normal routine for having headaches. You know? I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that from, from many patients. You know, it, it just becomes uh, a, a part of your, your normal that, hey, you know, I'm someone that has migraines and headaches and pain every single day. Yeah. There are a lot of things that hung on for quite a long period of time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, exercise fatigue. I mean, I was fatigued so easily for so many years. It, it just, you know, um, physical discomfort. I lived with physical discomfort continuously. Um, and a lot of it, again, was that my body was so compromised with so many different things that were happening at the same time. I mean, really until I got a handle on mold, I really think that that was just wreaking havoc. And I didn't even really truly understand the, the complete um, uh, level of exposure that I was experiencing until I really did get on a very, very consistent protocol for removing mold from the body, you know? And again, we might be given something to take, a binder or and told how to take it, but if you're sick and, and you're taking 15 other things and then you're supposed to be taking this over here consistently and, and you know that you're dealing with so many things, then you're like, you know, you might not be on a consistent. But, you know, when I did get to that place and I was in a greater understanding of the impact of mold on my body and then I started to do what I needed to do to remove it or take the necessary medication in order to eradicate or to remove it from the body consistently whenever I had exposure, then I could more easily understand. I knew within seconds, whenever I went into a building that had mold in, I could identify it immediately. Whereas I'd lived my whole entire life and been oblivious to the fact that my body could not get rid of mold. Right, genetic um, predisposition is what, what, what we discovered in you, correct? Yes, you had genetic predisposition for mold which means that, that your body cannot identify, tag, and detoxify mycotoxins, right? Good, so you were improving with your headaches, migraines, your uh, endurance, uh, aches and pains. Uh, how about your business? Well, um, you know, I think that... Um what I began to understand really was that there's a direct correlation between the, the condition of your body and your ability to perform, you know? And at this point, I'm gonna say my initial diagnosis, I was in my early fifties. So again, you know, I had reached that milestone and I said, oh, this is what old age looks like. You know, initially that was my rationale. But what I started to understand was that, um, you know, uh, there were areas that improved and sometimes they improved so well that I was functioning better than I had prior to my initial understanding of, of uh, the infection, you know, in terms of the way that my mind was working or processing and so forth. I, I began to understand because of the whole integrated approach 
when my body was in a very kind of a more a cleaner state or or I was applying most of the the um, principles that I knew I needed to do. I mean, everything from, you know, again, we're, we're looking at uh, pollution or exposure to pesticides or EMFs or this, that, or the other thing. Right. Again, I'm looking at every, even things outside of Lyme now, and I'm saying, how do I reduce my exposure um, to mold especially? And I found that when I was really uh, using an integrated approach and reducing my exposure and, and supporting my body, that my body was functioning better than it had even before I sought treatment in some areas. Yes, even before you thought it was old age. That's right. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, you know, um, I'm glad that you are feeling better, that, that you are, um, are you able to multitask again? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> um, I like how you put that. Okay. I think I think the journey I think the journey is one, and I've I've heard people say it's it's you know emotional it's physical and it's spiritual, mm -hmm. and I think that you know having this having you know I'm still in the journey obviously but having had this experience, it has made me so much more aware on so many levels you know with regard to the way we live our lives today, and one of the things that I am you know, really supremely aware of is that if we expose our bodies to stress of any sort, emotional stress, um, physical stress and stressors, I think that um, even normal functioning people are experiencing in this day and age a pretty significant compromise of their health and their well-being and their ability to function so for me today, I'm joking about being able to multitask because I, I'm, I'm keenly aware and I have this bar that I'm, I'm um, constantly just kind of in the back of my mind aware of is pushing myself beyond my limits mm. you know, and how that impacts me um, psychologically, how it impacts me physically. And, I, and the, the level of sensitivity that I have because of the nature of the infection or any of the things that I'm still dealing with, um, it's instantaneous that I will have some sort of a signal or a trigger that allows me to say, it's time to step away. You know, it's time to let go. And how important is it? You know, I've, I've experienced and, and been in the depths of hell with my, you know, where I've gone with, with this illness and, you know, then it becomes a choice. When you realize you have choices, when you realize you have options for wellness. And, and one of the other things I'm gonna go back to, which I've found, and, and again, sealed the deal for me, is one of my first appointments with you, I said to you, how do you keep track of this? You know, because you were explaining to me that every patient's different and there were so many different aspects of the mind and, and, and our energy and our, you know, physical, you know, body that have to be and really need to be looked at and addressed. And your answer was, well, I have an algorithm in my head for each person, you know, and to me, if that was a quote that I would apply to you or Lyme disease, that's the one that I would use, you know, is that each person is a, is a has a, a completely different fingerprint you know, with regard to what it is it needs to be looked at, what their weaknesses are, you know, and, and for me, that is essentially how I live my life today. It's with a better understanding of what my fingerprint is and what's going to work for me, what I need to pay attention to, and what are my, you know, red flags that tell me, you know, you need to stay within this realm of your life and this this level of comfortability and the minute we step outside of that we know that we're going to experience repercussions or dis discomfort of some form you know yes yes well said well put yes uh, each patient has their unique algorithm which has to be uh, determined calculated even properly so that a completely customized protocol can be uh, created for each patient. 
And it is very much possible to do that on a plant-based herbal approach because, because you know, uh, combining herbs, the dosages, uh, it, it is quite uh, quite possible to make individualized preparations even, you know, if, if you want to further up that, then, then you can incorporate frequency medicine into that as well, you know, um, drop in some quantum physics into that as well. Quant biology. Uh, okay, well, so I truly appreciate you taking the time out to come and speak with me today. I think this will be helpful to so many listening because many will be able to relate. You know, uh, you're uh, a patient with Lyme, co-infections, mold exposure, just like myself. And, uh, you, you know, our journeys have been, uh, have had many similarities too with, with respect to symptoms and lifestyle, lifestyle changes that we had to incorporate and establish the new normal for ourselves. Yeah, well, many, many blessings to you and, and your family. And, you know, thank you for being here with me today. Thank you, I, I appreciated being able to discuss this. Informational and educational for those watching. Linda has had an, um, interesting journey with lots of ups and downs in her um, in her recovery and I'm glad she is uh, you know fully functional has lots of energy at, at her business is thriving and uh, she is in a in a much better place in life right now so I look forward to seeing you in the next episode of this podcast until then, be well and namaste. Thank you for joining Master Herbalist Dr. Jody A. Dashaw, Director of the BioNexus Health Clinic and BioNexus Herbals, on the BioNexus Health Podcast, where we explore and share information and stories about recovering and healing from chronic and environmental illnesses such as mold biotoxin illness, Lyme disease, autism spectrum disorder, fatigue, Crohn's and colitis, mast cell activation syndrome, hands, and more. Please help us grow our message by subscribing to our podcast channel and sharing the podcast on your social networks. For more information visit bionexushealth.com. Information within this video, audio, or text, collectively known as the podcast, has not been reviewed by the FDA. Nothing within the podcast is intended as or should be construed as medical advice. Information is for general informational and educational purposes only. Consumers of the podcast should consult with their healthcare practitioners for medical recommendations. Seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider. Do not disregard the advice of a healthcare provider based on any information from the podcast. The information within the podcast may contain information concerning dietary supplements or over-the-counter products that are not drugs. Our dietary supplement products are not intended for use as a means to cure, treat, prevent, diagnose, or mitigate any disease or other medical or abnormal condition.